Yeah, my my nature is I'm conservative by nature. So for me to jump, and especially at the time, um, you know, I had a wife and two kids, and my wife was home with the kids. So I needed to make sure, damn well sure that this worked for me. And I wanted to make sure, like, you know, real estate was always good to me. Um, I finding deals came very naturally. Talking to sellers was great and easy, but it's really funny because I did. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time, and these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio, or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you, the Dwell listeners, a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book. This will also be in the show notes. You can click on the link. And if you don't have a book in mind and you say, Ola, I don't actually know where to start with. Well, awesome, because I can tell you what to start with today. It's a quintessential classic. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So download Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that would basically just take your mind on a different spin. Of course, I'm always open to hear um, from our Dwell listeners. So email me at ola at dwelling.com. And then feel free to also give us a, a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an incredible guest with us today. Justin, how are you doing, sir? Excellent. Excellent. How are you? Doing fantastic. Um, can't wait to get into our conversation today. So let's let's jump right into it. Um, so tell our listeners, you know, who Justin is, um, what have you been doing and kind of what I've been doing lately, actually. All right. Um, <clears throat> so I got into real estate investing about 2011. Um, at the time, I was working full time at, as an accountant at a private equity shop. And knew I wanted to do something else and, and uh, start my own business, but didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I came across uh, real estate investing. And I was like, well, I know the numbers really well, but I don't know the construction. And luckily, my father was a contractor for about 35 years. So he was like, well, let's just team up and we can start doing that. And then, um, you know, after you get a feel for it, uh, then you can kind of go on your own. So we bought our first property in 2011 um, to rehab and rehab, rehab that property. And I think we made maybe $11,000. And meanwhile, I thought it was a success. And he was like, oh, man, we need to make more money if we're going to keep doing this. Um, but, you know, over over time, as we continue to do it, we refined our process and got better and better. I was able to identify, you know, better properties and do a lot of my, uh, you know, be in charge of my deal flow and find uh go to home sellers directly instead of going on the market. So that was kind of always my key focus, especially because I was working for five years while doing real estate investing. And I needed to manage my time properly and get in front of sellers as efficiently as possible. Um, so I did that for about five years, um, rehabbing um, a lot of wholesaling. And then over the years, I started to increase kind of my, um, my niche. So I went from entry-level homes where price points are much lower to mid-level homes, then to high-end, then high-end new construction. And then I ultimately ended up in Boston 
uh, where I'm, I live near, doing high-end multifamily condo conversions, um, as well as wholesaling. So I've done focus mostly on that um, since 2011. Uh, in 2016, uh, because I really did get uh, very good at finding my own deal flow and building that uh, through direct mail, I started a company called Open Letter Marketing. And it was really based on the fact that um, there was a huge void in the market. Uh, and at the time, everyone was doing yellow letters, and that was the only thing that was offered. So uh, through my strategies that I developed, I found that my strategy and the way that I implemented uh, direct mail got way more responses than my competitors were getting. So I knew that nobody else offered this. So I wanted to offer it to other investors around the country. And since 2016, we helped thousands of investors um, working with direct mail and getting them better responses and try helping them with market strategy and all of that. So um, that's been that's been really exciting. And as of lately, uh, I've been focused on software. Um, so, um, I mean, it, what I do is basically whenever I have a need, I create it. And then I start to see if other people are interested in using it because I am very much profit uh, process driven. And if I have a really good process that other people can utilize, I solve it in my own business and then offer it out to other people. And over the years of working with people at Open Letter um, on marketing strategy and really the sales pipeline, I, we noticed that a lot of people don't have a very effective means of marketing and also bringing um, their sellers through a, a proper pipeline. So the last year and a half, we've been developing Invelo, which is, was built to help investors scale their business. And even if they're new, it helps them understand that. And we do that with software, education, and community. Those are the three pieces that we implement. So we don't look at it as much as a software product. We look at it as a platform where software is just one of the three items. Um, so that's what we're been fo I've been focused on lately. And uh, we're looking to bring that to market um, in March. So wow. very exciting. Yeah, no, I was taking so many, like so many notes. Um, <laughs> so first and foremost, you started Open Letter Marketing? Was that you, I did. OLM? Yes. Oh my yep. goodness. I felt like I just met a celebrity. I think I've used your site <laughs> <laughs> in the past. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you said, I was like, oh, it's you? Wow, that's amazing, actually. That's a really good platform. <laughs> that's yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, let's let's kind of go back to the beginning. I want to ask you this question. So you said you were working at a PA firm. Basically, mm -hmm. th things things were not bad. Why were you trying to get into real estate? I mean, I want to kind of just, I, you know, for those yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, my father owned his own business. My uncles did own their own business. My brother started his own business. I had a lot of entrepreneurial spirit um, around me. And I always had people that were, um, you know, they were always not pushing me, but always wanted me to find my path and what I wanted to do. And I always wanted to be on the deal side when I was at the PE shop. And I actually thought a lot about going back to school to get my finance degree so I can shift from back office to working on deals. But then I was married at the time and I was like, I'd have to travel all the time and I wouldn't see my family. So then, you know, real estate came up. 
And as I was growing up, my father would always take me into his, the properties that he was building. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I, I truly felt that he was an artist and he was just, his, his medium was uh, lumber. And I was like, it's amazing what you can build and people live here and like they can raise a family. Like, it's amazing. You're, you're creating art that people can live in. So I always had kind of that feel for it, but I never wanted to be a contractor and deal with like uh, you deal with, uh, you know, retail um, people. But when I saw real estate investing, I was like, wow, that really meshes in exactly what I love. I love numbers. I love talking to people. I like creating deals. Um, but I also want to learn construction. So um, that was like a perfect marriage um, that I was like, I'm going to try this. And my father was like, let's go. Like, I'll help you out with that. whatever you need. I'm there for you. And when you're good to go, just, you know, buy me out of the business and I'll keep continue to help whatever you need with. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good one. Yeah, that that I really love that answer. Um, just like trying to know yourself and trying to know which because. Yeah. I, I feel like this is what happens. People watch like a little bit of like HGTV and they're like, oh my God, I want to flip a house, but just never really like stepping back and trying to figure out like, well, where do I want to plug in into this and not understanding that this is a teamwork and I wouldn't have all the skills. I really like that. Um, yeah. You also said something that was pretty cool. You, you said that um, you were working, right? For five years. <laughs> A lot of people have this question of, should I quit my job and just like, you know, as I say, bond the bolts or just jump in. But you kept working for five years before you finally made that decision. Um, so can yeah. you kind of walk us through why, you know, it, I don't want to say it took five years, like it was a long time or a short time, mm -hmm. but, but why five years? Yeah, my, my nature is, I'm conservative by nature. So for me to jump, and especially at the time, um, you know, I had a wife and two kids and my wife was home with the kids. So I needed to make sure damn well sure that this worked for me. And I wanted to make sure like, you know, real estate was always good to me. Um, I finding deals came very naturally. Talking to sellers was great and easy, but it's really funny because I didn't realize until the time that I, it just got to a point that I couldn't do everything. Like I, like there was a point in time that I was slacking on real estate and I was slacking help, like working with my employer. And I knew there was a decision point that I was like, I cannot continue uh, doing this. So I either, either need to leave my full-time job or leave real estate. And like the, one of the big pieces, and I always tell this to people is make sure you have whoever it is, your spouse, you know, your a sibling, whatever you have support because there's no way that I could do this without the support of my wife, because it was at that point that she said, you've been working so hard to get to this point um, to, to quit your job because the future, the vision for us was you can run, you can start your own job uh, business, and then you can have more time to spend with the family. And she's like, if you never, if you don't jump, you're never going to know if you can make it or not. So she was like right there with me. And we decided you like, I have to leave my full-time job. It's not fair to them. And once I did, and I was able to focus on real estate within three months, I made more than I would have made in my accounting position uh, with real estate. The, the ability to focus on something, like I didn't realize how important it was until it actually came, like that happened. And man, it did, the business just skyrocketed from there. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's really important. I'm trying, you know, I try my best to be in the 
you know, the show of the listener, like, what do they want to hear? You know, I want to, I'm going, I want to yeah. dive deep into envelope without that be towards the end. But you also mentioned something that you partnered with your dad, you were finding deals. You did the first one, you make, you made 11,000. You're like, Oh my goodness, this is good. And then you said you got <laughs> better identifying properties. Can you talk a little bit yes. more about that? Because for those listening to this, they might think, well, how do I do that? How do I identify properties? Yeah. Um, I mean, I spent, since I started investing, again, I love numbers. I love getting into the weeds. I love data. Um, so for me, once I started finding properties, especially with direct mail, um, I started to look at the data like, all right, so this deal came from here. How can I get more of these properties that pop up? So I started diving into the data to identify like what my best lists are, where they come from, if they certain areas. Um, and I started to really narrow my list down and work them uh, and spend, a, I really spent a lot of time on my data before, as that was, before I was even marketing. Um, so I'd always refine the lists of who I want to market to so that when I, it does come to marketing where I'm spending a lot of time and money on it. I already have a sound foundation. I know these leads are going to be good. So I got really good at identifying that data and putting it together so that when I did start to market, then I would uh, come to more deals. And also like when you start, I guarantee I lost out on like tens or even hundreds of deals because when I start, when you start, you have no idea what a deal looks like at all. Um, but as you start to improve and talk to more sellers and go on seller appointments and do a deal, do your second deal, things start to click and you're able to identify deals over the phone um, much quicker. Um, so becoming much better at, you know, talking to sellers, negotiating, all of that, um, things just start to click and mesh and you get better and better. And then you get more money to, to buy those deals. <laughs> yeah, that's the yes. most important piece. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I really mentioned, I really like that you mentioned um, the deal flow piece, are you a kind of getting those deals and you talk about, you know, direct mail, which is still considered, you know, people still think it's kind of an old school way of doing things. You know, some people talk about just AdWords and, you know, Google and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm a big believer in direct mail myself. So just talk a little bit about, you know, how your deal flow worked. You mentioned briefly that you kind of niche in a little bit, but what else mm -hmm. helped you in terms of just getting, you know, the sellers to basically agree to sell to you? Uh, agree to sell to me? So on the negotiating side or marketing yeah, you, side? Yeah, you can cover that. We can cover both. Okay. So again, um, like right now, what I recommend to people is if they're going to go direct to seller, um, they, like I was mentioning before, they start with their data and understand it. Um, the better that they can narrow down and, and really focus on the lists that they think are going to provide the best results, um, do that and start marketing there. Because, you know, when you get to be an advanced investor, even advanced investors don't have good strategy around how they're marketing. They'll pull a list and they'll spend the same amount of money to all of those prospects evenly. But if you looked at the data, you're going to find that, you know, some people were on um, you know, like a driving for dollars list or a tax lien list that I would rank as a higher quality list. Um, whereas like an equity list is probably like a lower, uh, you know, lower quality list. So what I always try to advise is like break down your list and identify which ones your high, medium and low quality list. And then you can still use the same marketing budget, but now just allocate differently to those different buckets. So spend 60% of your marketing budget on the high quality 
30% in your medium quality and 10% in your low quality. Still the same marketing budget, but your ability to get in front of the you know, highest quality prospects is going to go up, which theoretically will increase your ROI. So that's where I focus. And then I bring that through to my marketing where I always create campaigns. It's never just a one-off marketing piece that I send to them. It's always a conversation that I have with them. So I will create either a four or five touch piece uh, mailing campaign where it's almost like I'm having a conversation with the seller because I truly feel like before you even talk to a seller, you're building rapport with them through your marketing. And they're either going to get a, a um, good feeling or a bad feeling. And if they come to you already with a bad feeling, your ability to negotiate and talk to them, you have to like battle what you've already done through your marketing. So I always focus on like, how is this, you know, what, what is the seller feeling when they receive this mail piece? And that's where we spent a lot of time. And I spent a lot of time on like, you know, design, color, um, you know, wording, how to, how to, you know, write the font style, um, all of that stuff, the messaging. Um, that's where we spent a lot of time um, on to, to find out what works best. So that's what I do. I, I create a campaign that almost talks to the seller. And then when they, they call in, I mean, it's more of a conversation. So I'm identifying, for me, it's always about identifying their need. Like my, my ability to close a deal is going to be directly impacted by how I can solve their a problem. Um, so I always try to understand the root issue or situation that the person is in um, that I can help them out with. And generally that takes about, you know, three to four layers deep before they actually tell you the real story. So if you ask somebody, why are you interested in selling? Oh, I'm just looking to move out of the, you know, out of the area. Okay. Like how long have you been thinking about selling? I've been thinking about, you know, for the last year. Okay. Is there a reason that you're looking to move now? So you just keep on asking these questions and then you get down to the root cause of like, you know, they just maybe got a divorce and they're, they need to get out of the, um, out of the house and out of the area to get away from their spouse or whatever it is. So your ability to really understand their, their um, problem will directly, and you can create a solution that directly helps them is going to increase your chances of solving that, that um, or closing the deal. And there's plenty of times where your ability to talk to sellers, I mean, I've, I've offered people much lower than my competitors have, and I still got the deal because they really felt like I understood them and I built that rapport with them. That's almost like just perfectly the answer I was looking for. So I really appreciate that. Really awesome. appreciate that. Yeah, I've got some other things I would like us to talk about, but I'm not sure we have enough time. So you mentioned multifamily condo conversion. That's fascinating. Yes. Um, you know, but I think we want to kind of move to um, kind of what you're doing now with Invelo. So let me ask you this. So you, you founded... Um, open letter marketing, OLM, I think that's what you was called, yep. right? Yeah. Um, right. And and now you've got Invelo. So, and then you have your real estate investing, you know, activities. How are you balancing, mm -hmm. you know, kind of all this, um, you know, projects? Yeah. Um, good question. So, <clears throat> the first thing was on the real estate investing side. So most of the deals that I do now, I generally partner with other investors that are now friends of mine. So if we're managing, if I have to go through any renovations or project management, they do all that, the, the whole piece of it. So I don't have to manage any aspect of that. Um, so I've kind of whittled down my time and really partnered with the right people to make sure that all the projects are moving in line 
Um, and, you know, uh, so that's, that's on the investment side. For open letter, um, you know, over the years, it's grown to a point where we're able to have a lot, a lot of employees in there. And as well as I was able to backfill myself with, I have a COO now. So my COO, she runs uh, the whole business, um, all the daily operations. And I'm there to provide, you know, support with any strategy, any sales outreach, talking to new customers, um, all of that. So my time there has definitely uh, decreased and she's taking over as COO and managing all the day-to-day, which allows me to really take um, 90% of my time is, has been focused on Velo for the last year and a half. Interesting. I wonder if you're looking for, um, you know, an acquisition for OLM, you know, just <laughs> a random conversation. Maybe that's after the, <laughs> the show. So let's dive. Yeah. Let's dive into Envelo. So tell us a little bit more about Envelo. Um, why is it different to obviously, um, OLM and, you know, kind of what you've been doing, you know, why, why didn't you mm-hmm. combine the two? Um, just kind of give us a, an overview of, of this software. Yeah, sure. Um, again, going back to, you know, what we, what I see in the market, um, and just solving, solving a problem. Um, and, you know, over the years, real estate investing has technology has started to be more common in real estate investing, um, with, you know, the different CRMs that are coming into the space and other platforms, but I still see a really big void and I see a lot of, um, strain on investors and it, it does span the whole sales pipeline for them because most people need multiple platforms to do what they need to do to span their whole cycle. So they might need a platform to start to build lists and then to start marketing. They need another platform to manage their lead flow, the people that the uh, sellers that they're talking to. And then they still need another system to manage their like project management and the deals that they have under contract and all of that. So there's all these different systems. And then the other piece of it is most people are not techie. They don't know software, so they have to learn this. And my feeling is that somebody's only going to be good as, as much as they know how to use the platform. Um, and also they want to need a community. Like community is really important as you're an entrepreneur um, because you, you all, you'll always have these questions in your head like, man, this is tough. I don't know. Am I the only one that's going through this? And once you realize that everybody goes through the same thing, you feel you get your confidence back and you feel much better and you can do more. Um, So I feel that community is really important piece. So what we uh, decided to do is in Velo um, on the software side, we've combined the whole sales pipeline. So you can pull lists, you can manage prospects, you can segment your prospects to identify your best quality leads. You can market, you can do different campaigns where you send text direct mail, uh, ringless voicemail, email, like in any sequence, um, it's extremely flexible. You can manage your lead pipeline. You can manage your deal pipeline. You can do all these things um, and it's built on best practices. So for a newbie where they don't know like what they actually need to do and focus on, the software helps guide them through that process. And we do it, we spent a lot of time. I think we spent about six months just on prepping to identify the UI to make sure it was as intuitive as possible. And, um, and from that, uh, it's just a system like nobody's seen before, which I'm really excited about. So with this software, we'll, 
Um, so with this software, we also have the education piece, which is a critical aspect. It's not a, and we're not looking at this like, that's like secondary to the software. So we have right now two forms of education. Uh, one is where um, internally myself and some other investors created um, real estate investing um, education that spans the whole, like if you're new to investing, you watch this series and you'll have a very good idea on everything from how to build lists, how to market, how to talk to sellers, how to put contracts together, how to put deals together. Um, and uh, so we have an actress, it's a very high level uh, production value. Uh, so we do that and that's offered to all of our um, users. And then we also have master classes where we bring in uh, industry experts that really deep dive into different segments within the, uh, within the business. And we're not just we're not just looking at business. We're looking outside of that because as a real estate investor, real estate agent, uh, entrepreneur, there's things outside of the business that you still need to um, have a good. You, you need to understand. So, in addition to like providing education around, uh, you know, how to get deals, um, how to do deal, uh, deal analysis, all of that, we also have it about mindset. And then like how to, how to be able to juggle, you know, a, um, a business while you have a family and how to stay, you know, healthy. Um, so we have master classes that bring in experts from all different industries to really hone in on that. So people can grow themselves, not only just as an entrepreneur, but uh, personally too. Um, and, and then the community brings everybody together so everyone can share and learn from each other. Wow, that's just fantastic. I, I, I don't think I've heard of PropTech company <laughs> <laughs> helping with mindsets and actually you mentioned in health and family. I think a lot of us, you know, we just kind of, we forget that piece, you know, because we just go, go, go. Yeah. And we say yes. we're doing this for our family and our kids, but we're not spending time with them. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's an oxymoron. It's so true. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm doing this for my family, it, but you're never at home. Like, what are you doing it for? <laughs> you know, your ego or your family. Yeah, and so. And, and that's so true. Like I was just talking to someone else about that is everybody says like, that's their why is like family, but then they get to a point of like, you know, where back 10 years ago when they were thinking about success, they probably would have said that, okay, I'm at the point where I feel like I'm successful, but they're keep on pushing and driving. And that's, I mean, that's a natural thing that people go through, but really understanding like your why. And some people feel guilty that they're not spending time with their family uh, and they're spending more time with their, you know, at their business, but just understanding like, that's okay for some people. You have to like, understand that. Um, but for me, it truly is like, like personally, family time is always important. Like last year it was like the best year of my family's life, I think, because we traveled like 200 days of the year and we were wow. able to do that while managing all this stuff. And we got to that, we set that goal. And I don't think it would have happened without like COVID happened. Um, so everything shut down. So we were able to travel more. But um, since then, we've been doing a lot of traveling and just spending a lot of the time together, which has been like amazing. My, yeah, my dream. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. And Justin, we can we can keep going. I don't know, but I'm just looking at the time. <laughs> and we definitely, definitely dwell into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. First question. What makes you Justin unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Hmm. It's a good question. Quick answer. 
Um, I would say that um, I feel that I have a good uh, a good base, and I can you know separate personal and professional, and kind of go on both sides. And I'm very empathetic, so I always want to naturally. Um, I, I feel for people, so I, I look at it at different angles and not just from my point of view. Um, so I would say that's probably uh, one thing. I, if I thought about it a little bit more, I could probably come up with others, but I'd say that one. Cool. Second question. What was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Hmm. Um, so as I'm getting more into tech and I don't have a background on big tech, uh, I've been reading a lot of books on just um, tech. So uh, the last book that I read was Product Led um, Sales and the ability to um, make sure that you're not overselling something and, uh, and not committing to that when they get in your product. So basically not just overvaluing and saying that you're going to have all these different functions and features and then somebody gets into your product and they're like, well, that's not even close to what you were offering. Um, Interesting. Interesting. All right. Final question. What do you do for fun? I think you mentioned it a little bit, but yeah, what do you do for fun? Yeah, it's it's been traveling. Um, traveling has been definitely, uh, you know, a passion that we've grown into. and. Uh, we bought an RV, so we do a ton of RVing. Um, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. If there's somebody, maybe you know, a brand new investor, you know, thinking, "Wow, geez, I, I love this this platform. Like, how how can folks reach out to you or, or get to know more about Invelo?" Yeah, so they can go to inveloapp.com. It's I-N-V-E-L-O app.com. So they can check that out there, um, or they can shoot me an email at Justin at enveloapp.com Justin, you're an absolute legend. Appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate it. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, over a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.